This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hi, good evening. This is Rabbi Wallerstein from Or Yitzchak on East 15th Street at 10.30 on a Tuesday night. First of all, um, interesting, yesterday I had a lot of dental surgery. I don't recommend it at all. It was bigger than last time. But if you have to do it, you have to do it. 30 stitches. And um, I got to give you my thoughts after this three-hour procedure, and I went to um, um, to Landau's from Incha, a little bit woozy, no, actually very woozy, and um, on some painkillers, and I finished Mincha, so I went to the to the Paraiches on the on the on Akredish, and I said the following, Hashem, I want to thank you for five things today. One, dentists that have steady hands. Two, technology. Um, the technology that, that this dentist used, I mean, it's not important, but technology of, um, they had to take a CAT scan. And to make long story short, because they took a CAT scan, um, when he did what he had to do, he didn't touch the nerve. Had he touched the nerve, um, it wouldn't have been really good, and you couldn't see that. He was to be an amazing, an amazing um, oral surgeon. And um, you could not see that on the x-rays, and you could not see that, even have this x-ray machine that goes around your head, right? Which you can't, you can't see the exact position of the nerve. Which you have, you have a nerve, Hashem is unbelievable. You have a nerve that runs down the bottom of your jaw underneath your teeth. And um, if you put an implant into that nerve or anything into that nerve, that whole part of your face goes dead. So, so he, for some reason, said, you know what? I want to take a CAT scan of your, of your jaw, which is not like a usual procedure. He took the CAT scan, and exactly where he was going to put the implant, that's where my nerve was. Because everybody's nerve goes, you know, grows differently, whatever it is. So, Baruch Hashem, I, I said, I thank you for technology. I 100 million percent thank you, Hashem, for anesthesia. Uh, not to put you out, but, but you know, all those shots, then we grinding and cutting and this and that, you didn't feel anything. It's amazing. I was thinking to myself, if this had to be done 50 years ago, or, you know, before they had anesthesia in your, t- in your mouth, see, 100 years ago, whatever, forget it. I, I would have been out of my mind. It was like impossible. It's impossible. So, anesthesia, Kush Baruch Hu made all these things for us. And then, and all the kids that are watching, it's going to start laughing, but thank you for painkillers. Because um, it was only 80 milligrams of, uh, of Motrin, but I didn't take the other stuff because I was scared. I know what, ha- what it does to people. No. So the Vicodins and all that stuff, I didn't take. But um, thank Hashem for Motrin's. Motrin's is for after the, after the procedure to help with your pain. Hashem gives us all this medicine, which we don't understand anything. We just pop a pill and it doesn't hurt as much anymore. And, and during the surgery, not feeling it, the anesthesia, and to have a, a human being that Kishwaku taught him to have the knowledge and the hands to, to, to be able to do this. And I, I was thinking to myself, while they were doing it, there were certain parts that did hurt, and they had to give me a shot again, whatever it was. I was like, Hashem, you should be muckling me all this pain. You should be muckling me for anything I ever said out of my mouth or anything I chewed that wasn't exactly kosher the way it should be. If you're going through pain, you have to use it to, to, to get Hashem to be mochli and not to waste it. Anyway, so, so you know, I'm not anti-technology and, and all these things people think I am. Technology is a, is a, is a, is a bracha that HaKosh Baruch Hu gave us. Take a catch and be able to see a person's nerve and, and to be able to give a shot and then all of a sudden you don't feel anything in your mouth, which is, it's amazing. It's amazing. You think about it. He did it all for us. What do you do it for? For cats, for mice, for trees, for flowers, for us. So even when you get a shot and, 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 or antibiotics or whatever you take, right, all these things to stop infection, all these things that Coach Welker created for us, it's all coming from him, and, and it should bring you closer to him. And which brings me to this, um, back to this um, hurricane that people keep bothering me about. So two weeks ago, last week, um, the share is not on. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know what happened, but anyway, it's really a share for Shaivism. It's not really a share for the public. So, you know, if you don't come to my share, sometimes you're just going to hear something. You're not going to hear something that you're going to hear about my share. So last week's share is not up. It's not on tour anytime. It's not called Lush. It's not called Lush. What a secret code gun some mice <laughs> to get to it. I don't, they didn't even give me the code, so I don't know where they put it. Um, and, um, I spoke two weeks ago and I was very, uh, I spoke in, in Queens actually. And um, I spoke about that, you know, a lot of people are scared to say what they don't want to say or they don't know, whatever it is, why it's such a hurricane. It's very interesting things. First of all, I got a very very interesting email, which I have to share with everyone. When the hurricane first came, um, so it hit Coney Island. And the aquarium in Coney Island 
got really flooded very bad. The whole basement, way up. So the, the people who work in the aquarium had to go up to the, to the second floor, not to, not to drown. And they knew that it was seawater, and they knew that all the tanks are open on top, that the seawater would come into the tanks and kill most of the fish and electrocute them and everything else. So the report coming out of the aquarium that night was, we lost the aquarium. Everyone's dead. Every, not every person, but all, all the fish are dead. So when I spoke two weeks ago, I spoke about that I don't understand, even by the marble, the fish didn't die. You know, and here, it's so bad, the fish died. And we spoke about Puruvu. But in the meanwhile, it took four days for the water to go down. And these guys went down to the basement, everything. And they found, by, and interesting, the guy said, quote, unquote, I have the, I have the report from the, I think the New York Times wrote it, whatever. The guy said, it's a miracle. That's what he said. The guy who works there said, it's a miracle that all the fish made it. Except some kind of, some carp. Carp drinks salt water, uh, drinks uh, fresh water. So they got killed because it was salt water. They were all over the floor, whatever it is. And one or two other fish, but most of them were saved. So that I, I, I had said that they, that the fish died, the fish didn't die. Yes, there are people in Farakway that have fish all over their streets and fish all over the place. But the New York Aquarium is still alive. And they said within a year, in about a year, they hope to open it again. So, Baruch Hashem, fish made it. And Baruch Hashem, really, not one, not one person, I mean, there were 55 kabarnas, don't get me wrong, but the mashchis, and I'm going to say it in Hebrew for the reasons you'll understand, the mashchis that went through with this hurricane was not given any rishus, any permission to take any, inj- to any injuries. Farakwa had no injuries. Shigit had no injuries. Do you understand? It was 14 feet of water, no injuries, no deaths, no Hatzala, you know, Hatzala calls to save people, but people got hurt. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. He had no rishus to hurt anybody. So we have to think about that. So Kuzbochu really loves us, and he and he took his xera out on the, you know, on the eitzim, on the wood and things like that. And and I wasn't one, you know, I don't live in these places. And I went down to Seagate, and, and I'm going to tell you what I saw, which is absolutely amazing. And um, I spoke last night. For all the people from Seagate, their house has been, that whole Seagate is like gone. It's not there. The beach is gone. The beach is on the street. I never saw anything like it. High, high mounds of, of it just, it, it was a, it was a 15, I mean, I, someone showed me a picture, at least a 15 to 20 foot wave, first wave in. It's a tidal wave, 20 feet high. That's higher than the ceiling. And, um, but it, it only, it only hit eight of Vanam. So, so I, I just want to share with you, before I get into my other stuff, um, I gave the reason. Well, first of all, let's start with that, and then we'll go to this part. I did not give a reason for the hurricane. Rabbi Wallstein is not on the level, neither do I think anyone is, to give a reason for the hurricane. But you have a right to open a Medrash Rabbah. And the Chachamim of the Medrash Rabbah gave a reason for the hurricane. It is not the opinion of this station. And it's not the opinion of Rabbi Wallenstein. It is a Medrash Rabbah. Now, any Jew doesn't believe what the Zayhar says, which I read for you last week, or the Medrash Rabbah says, then you are now making choices of which Jewish books are real and are not. And you are the beginning of the end of Yiddishkeit. Because if I don't like what the Medrash Rabbah says... And then I'm like, well, that doesn't count. Then I might not like something the Chumash says. And the Chumash won't count. And I don't like something the Gemara says. I read from you inside specifically, and on that tape was read specifically what the Medrash Rabbah says. And I don't care if Governor Cuomo likes it. He doesn't like it. He, he's not a Jew. And he doesn't learn Medrash Rabbah. And he doesn't learn Zaya. And this is what it said. And I cannot argue with that. Because... You have to listen to the shift from two weeks ago. That it said that that gay marriage doesn't say being gay. It says gay marriage in the public, openly supported by the courts. That's what it says. Was the reason at the end that Hashem brought a marble on the world, and the Zayar says same thing. It's not for me to say, well, that's not the reason. That's what it says. Now, it doesn't mean, doesn't say because people are gay, Hashem brought the model. It says because they came out into the open and got married. 
with kisuvais. That's what it says. It doesn't say because people are gay. People have been gay from... I'm not telling you that it's right, but it doesn't say that that's why the mabal happened. It says the reason that the mabal happened was because gay marriage became legal, open, supported by the courts. And I read it from inside. <coughs> Can I argue with that? No. It's a medrash. I can't argue with it. And the interesting, there's a lot of interesting things that I told you, but something very interesting, a lot of people have heard that shit. Some people like it, some people don't. Does that mean we have to move out of New York? Um, where are you going to move? Jersey? Same problem. California? Where are you moving? Where are you going to move? So, you have to go to Edgestrol. Yeah, really, honestly, honestly, Rev. Walton should be getting up and telling everyone to go to Edgestrol. Because, because, I think this, this store might have pushed some people. They said, you know what, enough, I'm going to Israel. I'm serious, uh, you know, whatever. We, uh, I'm that, see, that already is opinion. I can't give you that opinion. That I don't know. I'm not big enough to know that. You know, if it's because we don't, we don't feel the pain of Eretz Yisrael, you know, when they have all this stuff going on there. So now we got, you know, we got, we got, I don't know. People are saying, it's, it, I, I think it's a big schuss, which I'll tell you soon. I think it's a schuss that we had the storm. I think that it wasn't a bad thing. I think, even though my house, if my house floated away, I might think it was a bad thing, right? And people lost a lot of money, lost everything. So it's not a... What do you think lost more, the government or the... The Jews, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Graham didn't have Sifri Torah floating. Right. Hundreds of thousands of sperm are buried, gone. Collectors and shuls, one, one shul buried 120,000 sperm. I think Bayswater, crazy number. So it's, so we do have to feel it. There's nothing to talk about. It's, it's, a, it's a holocaust. Sifri Torah, four Sifri Torah floating in the water. What happens if you walked into a shul and you saw Sifri Torah on the floor floating in the water? You can never be the same. It's like a holocaust. So, so there's no question this was a... This was not, this was, but there's good in it. There's good in it. Because Hashem, when he does, when he does an Isayan, it, 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 it learns Chusan Kleistral. You know, this learned the big Chusan Kleistral, which I'll talk to you at the end, in, in the next, in the next half. Just interesting. So, somebody heard my share, and he called me up today, and he said, I just want you to know something. I'm an electrician. The biggest problem that happened from the storm, right, is electricity. <coughs> and mold. Mold, I'll say for next week, when we study how mold grows, what it represents, different shit. But this week, this week, he said to me, it's just very interesting, because in electro, an electrician, the whole electric is based on male and female, positive and negative. He said, male and male doesn't work by electricity. Male and male, or female and female, doesn't work in anything. Every, anything you put together is a male and a female part. In building, there's a male and female, really, there's a male and female part. I'm not going to tell you what else he told me about the gas. I'm not even going to go there, because it's not for the tape. But he said, so after we finish the tape, I'll tell you what he said. But Lemaisa, Lemaisa, it's another different thing. He said, I'm an electrician, and, and the first thing you do when you go into the house is you, I need to know the male and the female. I know to know which wires are which, because I'll get electrocuted otherwise. He says, here we're talking. He says, we don't even realize that as an electrician. We're like, where's the male wire? Where's the female wire? And whilst he gives a share, the whole thing happened, because males are with males, and females are with females. And I'm like, Oh my God! The, the, the one thing that happened to the whole New York and everywhere else is we lost electricity. It's based on male and female. I'm like, thank you. I'll say it by my shit tonight. That's why I just said it. Anyway, so I got an email. I'm going to read you an email. Dear Rabbi Wallerstein, I'm not going to tell you the name, of course. I, cont- I contemplated writing this letter for many reasons. What compelled me to write this letter were the very same words you used this past Monday night during your speech in Queens, you said many times something along the lines, I am God's son. And if you don't like what I have to say, that's fine. Because this is his Torah. Well, I'm God's daughter. And now I feel it necessary to stand up on his behalf as well. I'm like, this is good. Maybe. She's, she's standing up on Hashem's behalf. We're going, we're going, we're going well. We're going to a good place. I have listened to your shir many times and have a number of them on my iPod. Um, this is great. Your ability to empower and inspire others to realize the truth and strive higher has always been something I value in your lectures. I'm loving it. So here I was making time to come listen to you in person. After a week of tragedy, first of all, you have to know something. When you get complimented, you're about to get hit over the head. You need to know that, right? right? No good deed goes unpunished. After a week of tragedy and terrible loss, 
for many brethren amongst us and some personal challenges escalating, I was more than ready to embrace a Rabbi Wallerstein-style lecture. I have no words to express my utter disappointment. Here we go. And shock of what transpired during the lecture. Again, please understand, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, just deeply disturbed and feel the need to inform you of perhaps a terrible misrepresentation. The first 40 minute, 45 minutes or hours of the lecture consisted of you disparaging all of us in our inability to be fed up about the law passed allowing homosexuals to partake in marriage legally. This, you said, was the cause of Hurricane Sandy. In fact, at one point you said you weren't surprised it happened because it happened with the Hurricane Irene. You mentioned that we simply go to work and don't say anything because we are scared to lose our jobs. Line after line was filled with sarcastic, condescending, and quite hurtful rebuke presented in, presented in a non-realistic and immature manner. She doesn't mean to be chutzpah. No, no, not at all. Yes, we do need our jobs to pay for the many wonderful things being a from Jew costs. She's not happy that you have to pay more money for Jewish meat or whatever it is. There's, there's an underlying thing going on here. I didn't... Uh, you seem to be insinuating it's our job to cause havoc and religious arguments in the workforce. Anyone who heard my share? I said, there's no reason to fight, there's no reason to yell at them, it has nothing to do with that. This is, this is, we have to go home and sit on our beds and say it bothers me. That's all I said. Fine. Is this seriously realistic? Do you ever ponder that it may be so difficult for many Jews to face daily, even if people are not sensitive to it, and then encourage us in a practical, positive way? Rabbi, when was the last time you had a conversation with God? What gives you the right to correlate a tragic event to a specific misdeed? To confidentially stand up in front of hundreds of Jews, all of, all of whom some were religious and others were not, and make a correlation like that was very disturbing. If we want to act the God role, that's one thing. But what pained me more was the manner in which you conveyed it. The harshness, the cynicism. They have nothing now, but oh, it's fine to have gay friends. And lack of vision and sensitivity when dealing with an aftermath so brutal and a tragedy so fresh hurt to the core. How can you simplify such a recent catastrophe to a one specific cause? That is truly hurtful. To all those people who suffered and are suffering, oh, Rabbi W. says, if only we fought internally against homosexuality, this wouldn't have happened. I say it again. Absolutely, this would not have happened. As the Medrash says, it didn't bother us. And it didn't bother us. Some of us, a little bit, but I guess not enough. I'm saying this, I'm not reading this. Go tell that to the single mother of five children who has no food or heat. So you're telling us because we are fine in Queens, we are fine when our relatives lost everything they own, when people call it hardly Arab Shabbos and they have nowhere to go. We are hurting in Maine. Now is not the time for negativity and fragmentation. I agree with the idea we need not grow desensitized to the situation, but as a rub, isn't it your job to uplift and know the people you are speaking to and use a tone of refinement? People have relatives, <laughs> close colleagues, and yes, friends who are gay. You have to talk nice, Rabbi Wallerstein, because we have relatives that are gay. I never spoke against the gays. Maybe I should have, but I didn't. But I did speak about going public, getting married in civil court of New York, and opening a Sunday when the civil courts never opened so that the gay marriages could go on before Monday. It's totally against Hashem. You want me to say it nicely? It's totally against Hashem, but it's totally against Hashem. We do not come to rationalize or convict people. I convicted nobody. But to grow stronger. Not even a week before this lecture, the Jewish people suffered great losses. And yes, the Queens, we felt it too. Okay, you said that already. No, actually, Rav. No, no, actually, Rav. Not everyone is just going back to work. Some people have to work from home because their offices are flooded. And who knows what monetary loss that will cost. And maybe some people are going to work and are hopeful to give a little more to many organizations. Gathering in Queens. Why the negativity and spitefulness from one of our own and after we are beaten and broken already. You want to give us some rebuke? Okay. A couple with a practical advice and encouragement for change. Which I did. I said, go home, sit at the edge of your bed and say, I can't change the law, but it bothers me. An hour of negativity and sarcasm is far too much. I speak as a simple Jew who was deeply hurt and confused when I left the lecture Sunday night. What was the goal? What was the vision of such a lecture? Where were the words of empowerment and the greatness of man and the words to uplift us to grow higher? I write this letter not to be spiteful or disrespectful, 
but to convey what was heard on the other end of the pulpit. I dare say I'm surrounded by religious friends and family who can provide answers to my questions of how a Rav can get up and lash out despairingly like that. But I tremble when I think of the impact on other members in the audience who don't have that support system. You say you are God's son and are standing up for his cause? In all sincerity, I ask, how are you standing up for him by hurting his children and breaking them and it's your job to raise them? I apologize in advance if you have been, if I have been disrespectful in any way. Yours truly, a a deeply disturbed daughter. My answer. Dear blank. You're, no, I don't want the first slide. Okay. The medrash which I quoted, and I quoted from the medrash, no one would think it's my own words, blames the, the medrash says, blames the world's destruction on one specific sin, gay marriage. The whole world, and these are the words of Hashem, because the Medrash is Kaddish. And I didn't blame the Jews, I blamed gay marriage, and said clearly we can do something to protect the world. Sit on our bed and say to Hashem, it hurts us, that's all. Don't bash, just tell Hashem, I love you and it hurts. I didn't see you in Seagate and the five towns for the last few days helping our brothers. Don't worry so much about the gays, come join us with a pail and a pair of gloves and help the Jews. I did not blame the Jews. I blamed gay marriage, and I did not blame, I did not blame anyone. The Medrash did it, and the Zaire did it. You missed the point, I'm sorry. The reaction was very positive from Sunday night. God talks to me every day through his Torah. I'm not the Prophet Muhammad. He talks to me <laughs> through his Torah. The Medrash clear, clear, never said you should quit your jobs, but you cannot get desensitized. Wind, rain, ice, snow, sand, darkness. These were all part of this storm. It's time to wake up. That was my answer to her. So I don't want anyone out there who's watching this, who heard the others share, to point their finger at me. This is not me. This is a medrash. And if it wasn't a medrash, I wouldn't give an answer. It's not my answer. And... Yes, it should hurt us. Remember, Victor Miller, before he died, he said, the one thing I take to Shemayim is that the abomination that this world does, it always hurt me. And I always spoke about it. And I always stood on Hashem's side. That's what Victor Miller said. So, there's no politics here. There's no governors. There's no mayors. There's no anybody. As far as I'm concerned... If that's what the Medrash says, and if what the Zayar I read last week to you, that's what it says, and it's the same thing that says, Shema Yisrael Hashem, Lekin Hashem Echad. And it's the same thing that says the Ten Commandments, that you have to honor your parents, and you can't kill, and Anech Hashem Lekecha, it's all the same Torah. And I can't pick and choose what I like in the Torah, and what I don't like in the Torah. And it's very clear. The Torah doesn't say if a person's homosexual, he's dest- the world's going to be destroyed. The Torah says, if you get married man to man or woman to woman with a ksuva and the world is behind it and says it's legal this is what's going to happen very clearly that's what it says in the Medrash and that's what it says in the Zayah and now electricity is back to most people and we need to keep it on and we need to, it needs to again we can't change it we can't be like Eov either we can't be like Eov we can't say I'm not crying because I can't change it it has to bother you and anything, anything that we feel is against Hashem, Mil Hashem and it's coming Hanukkah. Read the story of the Maccabees. The Maccabees didn't, those five did not go out in, in the miracle of Hanukkah and fight with the Yavanim for personal reasons. If you read Med, if you read Megillah's Chashmenaim, they got together and said, we are not going to watch the Greeks do this to God. We're not going to allow this. And they went out and they gave up their lives. In the end, only two of them died. But they were willing to all die for Hashem. Mila Hashem Eli. That's it. Mila Hashem Eli. And you can't think about it. When is Mila Hashem Eli? Shevet Levi. Maybe it's because I'm a Kayin. I'm so... They got up and they, and they said, whatever Hashem wants us to do, if I have to kill my cousin, my uncle, my brother, well, not his brother because he's a Levi, but any, if Hashem wants me to do that, I'm going to do that. And they said, mean, evil, what are you doing? They were God's people. And... I'm not blaming the people in Seagate that are suffering. The people, they're the tzaddikim because, because it's tzaddikim that suffer for the rest of the world.
So the, the whole Seagate got decimated because Seagate, those are tzaddikim. And these people are all tzaddikim. I'm not saying we're not. But, but don't look at it. They, get, they got punished because they're bad. No. The tzaddikim are the ones that die so that the xer is broken or the ones that suffer so the xer is broken. These are good people. These were good shuls. It, it, we have to learn from that. Not, not just the opposite. So I got up yesterday in Seagate. And they asked me to, to give them a chizuk. To give a speech. To give them a chizuk. Who am I to give them a chizuk? I, in my house, you know, Baruch Hashem. These people <coughs> lost everything. There's no insurance for a house that has a basement. So FEMA will not give you one penny. And all of them, most of them had basements. They will not give you one penny for that. The insurance companies have a clause that they got out. People lost hundred thousand dollars of clothing and things, and they mamish where people were, were rich. The beautiful houses today don't have a pair of underpants, don't have underwear, don't have socks, don't have food. They're going to get food. In, in Shayashev, they're giving out socks to people, socks who own, who, who had maids and 20 room, 20 bedroom homes. Now they need socks. They have nothing. And they have no insurance. And FEMA's not paying. They're paying minimum, 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 minimum. These people were wiped out. So I should get up. They asked me last night. And I should give them a speech. I'm like, what can I tell them that's going to make them feel better? Ra, ra, ra. Don't worry about it. So I want to tell you what I, what I, what I did. Hashem helps me very much. And I was like, I got to find somewhere in Chazal where it talks about Trees, because they really took the big hit. Trees, sand, because if you look at Seagate, all the sand came up, even on the Belt Parkway. Trees, sand, water, wind, all the stuff that was in the storm. God, give me a Mishnah, give me a Gemara, give me a, a Pusik and Navi somewhere, whatever it is. So I was thinking about that, and I'm like, you know, because I want to talk about what all these different things. Three days ago, a guy comes to me in Shul by Landau's, he says, I, I, I gotta show you something. I wish I, I should have asked his name. I have to show you something. I know Hashem sends me shulchan. I'm like, what do you got? He goes, you gotta see this mission in, in Pirkeyavos. I'm like, what's special about the mission? He goes, everything that was in the storm is in one mission. I'm like, Hashem, you the man. That's what I was looking for. This guy comes to me. I'm like, I know, I know Pirkeyavos pretty well. I'm like, Pirkeyavos, everything? He says, yeah. Why don't we get the mission in Pirkeyavos? Who are you? I met Rabbi Lozab ben Azayah. You all know Rabbi Lozab ben Azayah. He was 17. He grew all that white beard. He became the head of Bezin, right? Famous guy in the Seder in Haggadah. Who are you? I met. He said the following. Anybody whose wisdom exceeds his good deeds, to what is he compared? Right? To what is he compared? A person, he learns all day. He knows all the halachas. He goes to halacha shirim. He goes to tefillah shirim. He goes to very Wallstein shirim. He goes to all these shirim. He learns. He's brilliant, but he does nothing. He does nothing. He, it's knowledge. He knows hilchas tzitzis, but he doesn't wear them. He knows hilchas tzilim, but he doesn't put them on. He knows halachas of chesed, but he doesn't do it. So he's a he's studying Torah as a subject. Something I talk about all the time. So someone who's Torah, who's Yiddishkeit. Is a subject, not a life. In other words, he doesn't act out on what he's learning. It's a subject, it's interesting, right? So what, what does the mission say? Lamahu To what can you compare such a person? Le'ilan, to a tree. Sha'anaf of Merubin. It has a lot of branches. He's walking around, everyone's like, wow, yeah, I know all the Allah is. sitting learning the whole time, looks good. Looks like, I know, I want to, that's a shidduch. That's, we want to get into that family, right? This guy is like really good stuff, you know, he's, he knows so much, he gets the best on the fire, right? So he says, to a tree, there's beautiful branches, you're walking through flappers, whoa, look at this huge tree, right? And we'll, we'll understand this mamash the hurricane. Visharshav ma'utan. But the roots of the tree are very teeny. Because the knowledge is the branches and the leaves, what you see on the outside. On the inside, what, what, the roots of a person is his maizim. If you live in Yiddishkeit, not just learning Yiddishkeit. Okay? So we show Ruach Ba, listen to this. And a wind, a huge wind comes. But a karto, 
and it totally uproots it. And it turns it upside down. Then we treat the soil. Well, you know, in Flappers, there's some huge, <laughs> huge trees that they, they if you see them, they, the whole concrete came up on the sidewalk. But if you look at their roots, I found it very interesting. Their roots stopped. They couldn't grow into the concrete of the sidewalk. So they have these, these huge tree that's on the lawn, but if there's a sidewalk right next to it, has these teeny little roots. It does, has little teeny roots, and it's laying on top of the guy's house now, right? So he says, the person who doesn't, who doesn't act, but he just learns about everything. So, oh, we have a picture. You can show everyone the picture. Show everyone the picture. See? Show the camera the picture. Everyone can see it. Right? A tree that has short roots. Look at the roots. Look at the size of the tree. And look at the roots. A small teeny tree. If the roots are bigger than the tree, the tree will never come out of the ground. If the roots are bigger than the tree, the tree will never come out of the ground. But a huge tree with a little teeny, with a little teeny roots coming out of the ground. Anyway. Haruach bar the hurricane came for a and it ripped it out of a upon it, turned it on its face. How do you know such a thing could happen? Shenema. It says the following part. It says the following part. And the tree will be an isolated tree. Arava is an arid, an arid land, a land with no water. And, and it shall not be seen when good comes. And it will dwell on dry, dry sand, sand in the midbar. Eretz malecha b'leiseishev, a salted land uninhabited. Okay, so he's saying something very interesting. He's saying from this passage that a person who doesn't do actual deeds, but he's learning all the time, he's going to end up alone. He's going to end up. Because that's what the Pesach says, a single tree in an arid land, right? A wind will come and pull it out by its roots and it's going to be gone. What it's saying here is that you can learn and learn and learn, but if you don't do maizim, in the end, in the end you're going to be by yourself because you're not doing anything. And in the end, by yourself, you're not going to have the strength. When a wind comes, it's also talking about on a very deep Kabbalistic thing about, about Shalom converting to other religions that, that if, if, if your whole Torah is based on your knowledge but you don't act it out then you're going to be alone and when the wind comes, the other religions the other people, and they're trying to tell you that there's no God and atheism and all this stuff they're going to pull you right out of the ground very easily, because you're not going to have a support system support system is not built on knowledge support system is built on, on being involved right, so okay, Tzibra okay he says, But anybody who, his, he doesn't know that much, but he does a lot. Right? What does he compare? What does he compare to? He doesn't look, he's not showing off, he doesn't do so well in his knowledge, but he's got short little branches, he doesn't look so great from the outside. But for Sharasha Marubim, he's got crazy amount of roots. Sha'afilu, kol harucha shibba'ilam. Even if all the hurricane winds of the whole world, boys, comes, v'nashavaz boy, and it will, it will blow against him, ain't mazizin oisem im kaimoy. It won't even move it from its place. Shanama, like it says, v'hoye ke'ez shashol amayim. He will be like a tree planted by the water. So far you got water, sand, trees, wind, all the things that we went through. And it will spread its, its roots towards the water. It will not fear when the bad times come, when the heat comes. It will be fresh. In a year of drought, it will not worry. And it will always give fruit. Now, the interesting thing here is that when it talks about the, the Chachma, if you have more Chachma than Yamaisa, it says that he's going to have Shirasha Mu'atim, a few roots. And here it says there's going to have Shirasha um, Merubin. 
So it's not saying how deep the roots go. It's saying that the person who does mitzvahs, who does good deeds, he's going to spread out. He's going to have a lot of roots. So this one may give a little, just want to hold on, because he did chesed, and he put on tefillin, and he did kriyashma. So when they come against him, because that's really what the mission is talking about, when they come against him to try to convert him, to try to teach him that he's an atheist, to try to say against Yiddishkeit, all this other stuff, they may get a root or two. They may get two or three roots. But because he did a lot of mice, he has a lot of roots. The other tree only has a few roots. If they get two, three roots, they uproot it, it's finished. But Lamaisa, in this Mishnah, everything is there. So I said to the people of Seagate, it's very possible that Kleistral, we have a lot of Chachma and a lot of Das. And there was... I'm not big enough to... I just, this is my feeling. I'm just telling you about my feeling. I don't go to Shemayim at night. And I'm... Just, just the feeling that I got, just, just connecting and thinking. That, that maybe there was, in Shemayim, a fight between the Satan and the Taiv. And the Satan said... And, and Akash Baruch Hu, you know the famous story with the eyes? We'll say at a different time when this guy was blind and he, would not, he wasn't blind. He had eyes. He never looked at a woman in his whole life, whatever it is. And Akash Baruch Hu said to the Satan, I have someone on earth... He's such a tzaddik that he never looked at anyone. And, and he said, the Sultan said, you give me permission to test him? And Hashem said, I give you permission to test him. And he turned himself into a woman, the Sultan. She was unbelievably gorgeous, unbelievably forget about it. I think it's also a medrash. And, uh, or Gemara. And, um, she, and the Sultan kept walking around him, kept walking around him. And it bothered him. He felt there was, felt there was a woman in the room, whatever it was. He felt there was a woman in the room. And he looked up for a second, whatever it was. And, um, he called after he looked up for a second. The, the, or he didn't even look up for a second it just bothered him whatever it was he called he didn't even look up for a second he called his Tamidim and he said burn out my eyes and the Tamidim came and they said well, you're not going to burn out your eyes he said burn out my eyes or he took the coals he burnt out his, both his eyes he was blind and and um, the Satan himself felt bad that he blinded himself whatever it is and Akash Baruchel sent the Malach fall down and he said he's, he's, the, the Malach fall told this Tzadik it was just a test and um, I'm here to give you back your eyes. And he said, no, my eyes are gone already. That I don't have it. So that way I can never do an Avera. And the Malchifal said, no, it's a Kirsch Bochel's will. He gave him back his eyes. But there was this Vikuach. And this is what happened from the Vikuach. He got back his eyes, whatever. So I'm thinking to myself that maybe this Mishnah, because it has all the elements that were in the hurricane, maybe this Mishnah is talking to us and it's saying like, 100%, you know, because Bochel might have said like, look at Kleistral. We have, we have Irgun Hashir. We have Daf Yaimi. We have we have all these organizations that and we have we have we have a Siam ninety thousand people. Look at my cholesterol. And the Sultan said, Yeah, learning, yeah. They're not getting their hands dirty. They're not they're, they're very they're the first part of this Mishnah. Yeah, they're they're, they're learning and they're doing all this, but but Mysim? Guys getting their hands dirty for other people? Nah, they get a lot of money, they write a check. Take care of it and everything, but they don't get their this mysim, this this right? Where the, where, the, where the branches are not big. I wrote a hundred thousand dollar check and my name's on the wall of the shul and I, and I finish shots and then, he's a guy, you know, the little guys that, you know, nobody knows about, whatever it is. Because Baruch said, really? You don't think my people, they don't have enough mice in? You don't think they're going to get their hands dirty? Watch what happens. And I have to tell you that I was in Seagate on Sunday and four buses came from Baltimore. 200 or more than 200 men from Baltimore that's a 6 hour ride on a bus came to Seagate and went from house to house and cleaned their basements mud, sewage I showed these guys they stunk, you couldn't even go near them they were from head to toe in sewage Rabbanim lawyers, bankers doctors, dentists Balabatim got into a bus from Baltimore and came in. The whole Seagate was swarming, swarming, Shemrim, Hatzala. Everybody was there. They had no electricity. They still don't have electricity in Seagate, most places. They had no electricity. They had nothing. Kaisal came out, not wrote a check for some Goyim to clean that. They were all there cleaning. I saw a guy there that I know. This guy lives in Flappers. He's a very rich guy. He had some. He had a couple of inches of water last summer. He had a very bad um, like thunderstorm and the sewers backed up. A couple inches of water. He outside. He had outside his house engineers and all the you know all these people that he hired to clean his two inches of water. Right? He he wouldn't pick up a dirty tissue from the floor. This guy, he he'd hire a maid to pick it up. 
I saw him in Seagate. I looked at him. I'm like, huh? He was filthy in sewage. I'm like, you? He said, you know, for myself, I wouldn't do it. He says, I want you to know, Rabbi, it is the greatest. I've never been this dirty since I'm a little kid rolling in the mud and I felt this good. I got my hands dirty. I haven't got my hands dirty in 30 years. And I was looking at these people and I'm saying, Kush you got your answer. Now serve it to the Satan. If we have to get physically and do maizim, it's not about our enough of our branches. We're not, we don't care. None of those people, no one in this room will ever know who came from Baltimore. A lot of the people who are there, no one will ever know. I happen to recognize a few. A lot of them I didn't recognize who these people were who came to Seagate, which is what they call the forgotten you know, it's a community, it's a gated community. Who here, who here knows anybody in Seagate, right? It's like the forgotten city. And now I know two guys that took off their whole business and they're, 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 they're collecting money and not collecting money. Today, the, the Israeli government, UJA, UJA, right, who are not from at all, they sent in a team of engineers, army engineers. They flew in, the Israeli government flew into America Sent them to Seagate because there's a lot of houses that they can't fix anymore. Like the whole Seagate caved in. It's crazy. And these guys came from Eretz Israel. Everybody came from everywhere. So, so even though it was a tragedy, don't get me wrong, but from that tragedy, such a schusen shemayim to, to, to bring Mashiach, to, to be able to handle Mashiach, um, it's, it's unbelievable. The schus, and, and I'm not taking away from Farakway. Broadway is doing the same thing and the five towns are doing the same thing and Lakewood is doing the same thing so from the pain comes a huge huge Sanega defense protector for Klaishra the Sultan can never say that we will get our hands dirty for each other we'll write a check and we'll make a phone call there were hundreds and hundreds of people, and there are still hundreds of people. And I have to tell you a story. Last night when I spoke, um, and I read this Mishnah, the guy came over to me and said, well, I have to tell you something. He said, so these Baltimore guys came in, and they were doing my, my basement. Eight guys carrying out refrigerators. Skinny guys, guys that never lifted a thing in their life. They're, they're carrying, you know, we, we're Jews, we need eight guys to do it. What the other guys, we need two. But... You know, carrying out refrigerators and washing machines, and there's mold in all the houses, and everyone worked mamish till they could not stand on their feet anymore. No pay. So, so there was Italian, these two Italian guys that live between two Jewish houses, and they see eight o'clock in the morning, whatever time they got here, these guys, these Jewish guys, this thin guy, whatever, carrying and schlepping and cleaning and pumping. They pumped out all the water of all the basements and pumping and sewage and. And these two Italian guys are just watching this. And what are they? They tell me what they were, what they do. I forgot what they do. Anyway, when they finished these two houses, they went to the, to the Italian, the non-Jewish guy's house. And they said, listen, we're here to help everybody. What do, you, what, do you, what do you need in your basement to get out? And the guy was like, well, I'm not Jewish. They said, so what? You're human. We'll help you. And they emptied out this whole Italian's basement. And he turned to the, to the Jewish guy who lives on his right. And he says, I need to talk to you. He took him into the street. He says, how do you convert? How do you convert to be a Jew? He said, not one non-Jew came into Seagate to help me. Nobody. He says, these people, you don't even know who they are. They're coming from Baltimore. He says, what a crazy religion you guys have. Where's the rabbi? I want to convert. And they really meant it. What a Kiddush Hashem. For that alone. What a Kiddush Hashem. And they cleaned out his basement. They clean out his basement. They think that Jews only care about Jews. We're not like that. We're going with chesed. Abraham Avinu cared about four, three Arabs walking in from the desert. He didn't say, you Jewish? You know, you have your tefillin? Three Arabs. We're not like that. So, so from this darkness, for whatever reason that it happened, no matter what it, what it is or what it was, there's no Shiloh. We have a huge, crazy malach in Shemayim. From all the work that everybody did. Forget about the monies. People, I had no guys that are giving hundreds. They don't give that much. They're giving, I was in Landau's. Landau's. Who comes to, who comes to down in Landau's? They collected in Landau's on Sunday. Was it on Sunday? On Sunday, collected in Landau's over $100,000.
from dollars, from checks. They spoke after every minion, helped the people of Bayswater, helped the people of, of, of what's it called? hundred thousand dollars just from minion. Minion! People writing 18, 100, 180, 1,000, whatever it was. What a schusam The rest of the world doesn't even understand. They go to church, they put a dollar in the, in the hat. They think they're the, the biggest, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, so, as hard as it is and as much pain as it is, the Maisa at the end, at the end, what does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says that the tree, and this is talking to all of us and talking to everything, everything that happened, that the tree that has many roots has no fear of a hunger, of a wind, and guarantees us that that tree the tree of people actually doing things with their hands, lo yamish ma'asais peri. It will never cease to yield fruit. As long as Yisrael gets their hands dirty and gets involved, and it's not too late for anyone in this room to, to get involved. There are guys there every single day going into Seagate. What can I do? There are people that have nothing today that... They, they, they need help and they can't afford they have no money they're not getting any money and you have to get you have to get down you have to get down and dirty and you gotta go help because what guarantees Klai Yisrael you will not have to worry and I have a feeling that we're definitely in Mashiach's time and this is something that we needed that needed to happen before Mashiach so that Hashem has in his, in his closet the ability of Malach to say that Klai Yisrael doesn't just write checks and Klaishwal doesn't just learn Tyra for Chachma, but they're ready to go and clean each other's sewers out. And their filth and their dirt and do whatever has to be done to help each other, to help a community that no one even knows existed. The end of Coney Island somewhere behind the gate. And it was amazing last night. And and I think that that in the end it's a big split. Again, the people who are watching this who are suffering are like, yeah, great, should happen to you, whatever it is. That I can't tell you. I don't know why Hashem chooses this house. Even in the places that were flooded, this house got it, this house didn't. This house got it, this house didn't. That's like Hashem, whatever it is. If they have be talking that, that whatever he did, he did. But the mice, at the end of the day, you have to look at the reaction. The reaction is, at the end of the day, that Kleisel came through. And that's what everybody needs to know. So I think we have to move on from why it happened um, I think that each person has to yes protest in his own heart and if he can protest in any other way um, he just has to show Hashem that you just have to show Hashem that you love him that's all and that things that, that he says bothers him bothers you listen in a marriage right if I tell my wife that something bothers me very very much and then someone does it to me if we if we have a good marriage and we have a good relationship it's going to bother her if something bothers me, it bothers her. If something bothers her, it bothers me. You, you see, you know, many stories of, of, of Tzadikim that walked into the doctor and said, our foot hurts. Our ear hurts. Because if, if her ear hurts, then my ear hurts. So if something Hashem says, it's a te'evas Hashem. And keep it in the closet, but you're putting it out in my face. And the, and the country that you live in and the courts that you live in are saying that it's okay. That's the problem. I'm not judging well, that's between the person's gay it's between him and Hashem it's nothing to do with me it's between him and Hashem but when you go out in a group and you make it legal and you make it marriage you call it marriage that's already not between you and Hashem that's between that's already you're taking it to the public so that it's between you and the public what you do privately is you and Hashem. You make it public, so then it's, then, the pub, then it's public. It's public. And that's what the Medrash is saying. Hashem had patience. Once you took it out, then you made it public, and, 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 and it became the law of the land. No more. That's it. Finished. And that's what, I was, that's, what I, that's, what I, that's what I'm talking about. And automatically, reaction becomes it's a personal thing. It's not a personal thing. It's not a personal thing. I think that, you know, the person himself has to work it out with himself. Whatever, I gave a share a long time about it. I spoke a lot about it. Didn't blame anybody. I said, you need to, you know, some, sometimes, you know, you, you just have, you know, you just can't do as hard as it is, whatever it is. But that's between them, their Rav, Akash Baruch Hu, 
have to try to work it out. And, and, and you know, Hashem says, I don't like it. So then you have to, you know, Hashem says he doesn't like a guy, you know, being with 40 women or 80 women also. So you know what? Even if you like it, you can't be. And he doesn't want you eating chazer. And even if you like chazer, you can't. So yes, this is harder and people feel they're born with it, whatever it is. So people are born with tempers and people are born with liking women and people are born with a lot of things. With a lot of things that, 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 that they have to work on. And I'm sure that it's between him and Hashem. And when he comes up and he has and, 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 at the Bezdin in Shemayim, if he was born that way and he struggled and he tried, because Baruch is about Rachman. Nothing to talk about. When it becomes a public thing, when it becomes something that's legal and public and it's... It, it's against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that you made it public, so I'm part of that public. I am part of that public. I also live in this country. I also have a say. Why don't I have a say? Why can't I say what I feel? Why can only that side say what they feel? Why does everyone get aggravated when I say something? But nobody gets aggravated when they say something. So, everybody has a right to say what they feel. I didn't say what I feel. I said what the Medrash says. It's not a feeling. The measure says, what the Torah says, you cannot divide the Torah about what you like. I don't like Shabbos, so I'll keep everything else, but I won't keep Shabbos. It doesn't work that way. It's one Torah. Okay. So, I, I, I mean, what should I tell you? The bracha for everyone is, of course, which it should never stop from giving Paris. I just want to say something on the Pasha, and we'll end with that. It's already 11.30. Okay. So, it's very interesting. Also, very sure we get a lot of emails from this, but it's very a good safer really to have on the Pasha Rav Shamsin Befal Hirsch on 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 Chumash. Amazing, really amazing, amazing, amazing. What? No, I'm not doing that. That's that's I'm not doing that today. No. Also, very very important point really important point and somebody sent me an email I'd like to thank them I don't know who it is um, Sarah um, she sent me an email and she, she said that I, on a shear many years ago um, I asked why did Hashem have to test Abraham Avinu Hashem knew um, um, his potential Hashem knew what he was going to do right so um his potential was known to him. When you, when you want to test somebody, it's like, I want to see how smart you are because I, I need you to be smart. I want you to run the mile, so I need you, you're a football player, I need to see how fast you can run the mile. But if I know, if you're a Brahmavino, like, what am I testing? You already found me. You, you already went against the whole world and you believed only in one God. What, what, am I, what, what was I testing? I remember this shit. It's a very good question. What, what are you testing me for? What, 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 what did Hashem want to see in Brahmavino more than he ever saw before? He wanted to see that he loves him. He jumped into a furnace of fire. He all other nine tests. Like, what? Why did Hashem give him so many tests? Hashem knew day one. He said, "I realize you're God. I realize you created the world. I will give up my life for you." Where are you going from that? Like, what? What? What, what more are you going to learn from Lech Lecha Me'atzcha? I think Lech Lecha Me'atzcha. Right. So I remember this year, and I said, which is which is unbelievable. Which, as a teacher, I can tell you, is the very truth. There are many times that I know something about a kid. And I know his capabilities, but he doesn't. He doesn't. So I have to test him. And when he passes that test, right, all of a sudden he realizes who he is. So I don't need to test him for me. Because I know, I watch this kid play basketball, and he, you know, he's a good basketball player. So I don't, but he, with two seconds left in the game, in my most important game, I told him to take the shot, and he did it. Because he doesn't think he's a good basketball player. So even though I know he's, I'm his coach, I know he's a good basketball player, but he doesn't think he's a, he's a basketball player. So I put him on the line, and I'm like, okay, if you want to make the team, you're going to have to shoot 10 times from the foul line. Let's see how good you are, right? But I know how good he is. So why am I doing that? Because when he hits 8 out of 10 on the foul line, he's going to say, wow, I just hit 8 out of 10. And I'm like, I bet you can't do that again. And he gets up there and he hits 9 out of 10. So all of them, this kid who I knew was great, I'm not testing him, I know he can hit 9 out of 10. He doesn't think he can hit 9 out of 10. So he couldn't take that shot. Now, he realized that he can, when he has to take that shot with two seconds left, he's going to take it with confidence. Because Baruch knew all this about Avram Avino. He knew that. But Avram Avino didn't know it. So when Avram Avino came through the Akedah, 
that he knew that I could even sacrifice my own child for Hashem. He didn't know that. Hashem knew that. Hashem wanted him to know all ten, ten things to realize who he was because he did not realize who he was. I think very, very much, and this is what she's writing here, is that we don't really know who we are. The doctor from Baltimore and the rabbi who has 700 people in the shul every Shabbos, who I went to Baltimore to speak for, I saw him there. And he, he was filthy from head to toe. And I'm thinking to myself, he has 700, he's a big rub. Big rub. In big yellow boots. Right? Like a fireman he looked. Filthy from head to toe. Fashmet, I don't think the guy could take another step. He looked like he was totally drained out of his head. Right? He didn't know that he could do that for somebody. If I would have asked him three weeks ago, or four weeks before the hurricane, you think you think that if I asked you to come up to New York, you could empty out someone's uh, basement full of sewage? You'd say, uh, I don't know how to do that. You've got to hire somebody. Not that he's a bad guy. He's like, I, I don't even know, know where to start. You know, uh, sewage, like, what do you do? I never used a pump, all right? That's what he would say, right? Because Baruch Hu caused this. Not that he didn't think that Clydesdale could pass. And that... 400 people were doing this, and 200 people are doing this, and they're saying, and, 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 and Shayashav, and, and, and Rabbi, and, 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 and Farakway raised millions of dollars, and, and they're putting boilers, and, 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 and lumber yards that are owned by Jews are giving the lumber, and people who have clothing are giving clothing, and every store that has, that had a generator said, take the generator, and all these people, Hashem knew that, knows who we are. Hashem knows that we're gonna do all this for Kla Yisrael, but we don't. We didn't, and we don't. And all of a sudden now, right? The people of Seagate, and and this is what I told them because they're very they're very worried about their children, because their children haven't been home for three weeks. They haven't been in yeshiva. They haven't been home. A child is very traumatic. Forget about the adults are tra- traumatized that they're not home. A child is very traumatic not to be able to go home, and not to see their house, and then when they're going to see their house, they're not going to be happy. Very traumatized. So, so they said, Rawalski, what do you tell what do you tell the children? It's like, you take them to see eight and you show them how all the people who are regular businessmen and all these people who have jobs gave up their jobs for two weeks and they're cleaning your house and they're, they're they're putting electricity and they're doing all this work. And one day, these kids are gonna get up and say, Me ka'amcha Yisrael. And the other people are gonna say, Daddy, what are you talking about? And you're gonna say, I was in Seagate when it was destroyed and I saw Kleistro come together and save this community and save Farakaway. And that is something that is not, it's not going to be a tragedy. This is not a tragedy of human behavior. This storm is a victory of Jewish behavior. Total victory. The Italian guys are standing outside like, what's going on here? Like, our people don't do that. They'll send check, Red Cross, to give us to whatever. But guys to come and get themselves into the, into the dirt, into the sewers. People they don't even know. It's not your community. Yes, for your community, it's understandable. But to, to come from Baltimore? No way. We're all over. They came from all over. Came from all over. It was amazing. It was unbelievable. It was a Simchon Shemayim. It was, it was unbelievable. So I, I think that what, what the storm, what we should learn from the storm is, um, I have to tell you that I learned something really big. There's a Talmud of mine. He's not here tonight. Um, sits here quietly. I'd say once every two weeks. And I could not wait on gas lines for nine hours, ten hours, and then be told that there's no gas. So I pretty much didn't use my car. Because I only had a half... A, quarter, a little bit more than a quarter of a tank. I couldn't really use my car because I just don't have the time to sit there for nine hours. Second night after the storm, or third, second night, I get a phone call. Rebbe? I'm like, yeah. It's so-and-so? I'm like, yeah. He goes, need gas? I'm like, where are you going to get gas? They're online from here. Most of, most of the stations were closed. He said, Rebbe, do you need gas? I'm like, yeah. He says, okay. Meet me outside your house at one o'clock. At night. I'm like, where are you getting gas from? He goes, just meet me at 1 o'clock. He shows up to my house with, the first night was two five-gallon things of gas. Ten gallons of gas. Right? I'm like, where'd you get it from, Rebbe? I got gas. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Outside in the cold, the guy, it's a guy from here. Doesn't talk much. Right? 
puts the 10 gallons into my car, right? My wife's car is empty, my son-in-law's car is empty, this car is empty. Next day, calls me up, he goes, I got, I got 15 gallons, I'm coming tonight, give you another 15 gallons, you got three containers. And so I learned, right? I learned from that, like, I didn't call him, I didn't call him. Here's a guy who is thinking about his Rebbe, who teaches him once or twice a month, and he's calling me, are you okay? You need gas. And I went, wow, what a, what a fuzzy feeling that, that, that a Rebbe relationship, right, goes much deeper. That, that a guy's thinking of me, you know, thinking of me, that he went out and he, it took him probably seven hours to get those two, get those two things filled, right? He said, I am coming, I'll be there by one o'clock. So it, it, it taught me something. It taught me the potential of one of my Talmudim. And then two nights later, another kid who I haven't seen in 10 years, he's not from, I have very little to do with him, he called me up, Rebbe. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I'm a partner with a guy in a business, and that guy has a has a gas station. And they the truck just showed up, and they've got like 20,000 gallons. Rebbe, you come, you cut the line. I'm like, I can't do that. It's a Chalon Hashem. People are waiting there for days, and I'm going to show up, and you're going to fill up. He goes, hey, Rebbe, bring your wife, your son-in-laws, bring everybody, your friends, whatever it is. I'll tell you what to do. What do you do? He sort of owns, he doesn't own the gas station, but he, he came as the owner because the owner wasn't there, and it's his partner, whatever it is. They all lined up their cars, my son lined up their cars. He took every single car he drove in, and he filled it up. The police knew that he was the owner, right? There's no Chalashem, nobody saw me, whatever it is. Filled it up, next, filled it up. Next, it's his gas station, sort of, whatever. And he, he took the car from a block away, drove it, he took my gas station, filled it up. I haven't seen this kid in 10 years he was in my class in Kranite's Yeshiva He's, he just got a delivery of gas and he's thinking of me of me I haven't talked to him in 10 years he's like Rebbe I just got a delivery of gas. bring everybody so I, I learned that that the love of my Talmudim from 10 years ago who I haven't even spoken to are not religious totally disconnected and I felt bad and I'll tell you why I felt bad because I'm a very real person and I said to myself, Zuchai Wallstein, if it was reversed, if you had the gas station, would you have called him? Would the first group of people that you would have thought about is my Talmidim? Would you have called all your Talmidim and said, park around the block, I'll drive it in? Nope. I'm honest with myself. I wasn't even thinking about Talmidim during this whole thing. I was thinking about my wife, my kids, but my Talmudim were thinking of me. And um, what should I say? I, I, it was very touching and it was very, it's, it's, it's a very good feeling for a Rebbe. And I feel bad that, that I wasn't thinking of him, but he was thinking of me. And the same guy that came that night, there's no way I would have called him and said, by the way, do you have gas? I have 10 gallons. No way. So their love for me is greater than my love for them in the end. And I, I was very, very, very moved. By, by, and, and that came out of this hurricane. I was very, very moved at those guys. You know, and they were like, it's nothing. Both of them made it like it's nothing. He wouldn't even let me pay for the gas that he put into my car from the ten, the, 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 the containers. So you crazy, you put in 25, altogether 25 gallons. Rebbe, it's on me. And I felt very bad, because the truth is, I wasn't thinking about telling them. I would have thought of other Rebbeim, I would have thought of more family members. So they're thinking of me, and I'm not thinking of them, and that's something I have to deal with inside myself. And maybe be more sensitive to, to to my students because they're thinking of me, and I don't realize it, and I'm not thinking of them. So everybody has their growth. Everyone has to learn something from the storm, and everybody has to grow from within themselves. Because what guarantees us: if you do myself, if you go and you work and you help, no, nothing will ever be able to blow you away. And I hope that 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 Kleistrow grew a lot of roots from this storm, grew a lot, a lot of roots by all the mice and all the deeds that they did. And that well, no matter what storm is coming to this world, for the days of Mashiach, that those are the roots that we needed to hold us fast, that we don't get blown away with the rest of, with that, with the rest of whatever is going to happen. And Kosh Baruch Hu always is thinking about us, and he always brings the refuah before the Makkah. So maybe this storm was a refuah, was a Sanega. We now have a big, huge defense lawyer in Shemayim, and nobody can touch us. And, and, and we got that defense lawyer without losing a Jew, without losing a child, without anybody getting hurt, 
um, the 55 people that died, they are they are missed, and they were great sacrifices, not just for the Jews, for, for the whole world, for everyone that, that went through this, God took 55 sacrifices to the next world, and anyone who sacrificed their life for, the, for others, I'm sure they're sitting in a, in a very, very good place in the next world, and, and it's very sad that, it, that there was any human life lost, but considering the physical damage, the human damage was very, very little. Of course, to those people, it's very, very much. I'm not belittling it. But Lemaise, it was a nascent it was a miracle. A guy showed me the picture of that wave. There were people, when that wave hit, hit Seagate, there were people still in the street. There was a man who was trying to get out of Seagate in his car, and that wave hit the car, and of course the car went out, and he swam, there was a garbage truck, his muzzle, right next to the car was a parked garbage truck, and he jumped onto the guy, old town, like an old guy, jumped onto the garbage truck, and the water went up, 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 over the back of the garbage truck, climbed all the way to the top of the garbage truck. Nobody could get to him. How could you get to him? Everyone's in their houses. The cars were, it was too deep for cars. The, the police didn't have boats at that point. It was just in the middle of the hurricane, and he was freezing. He was freezing. The wind was blowing. The rain was coming down. So the people in, told me this last night in Seagate. He, of course, as a, uh, as a religious Jew, what did he save? One thing. His thousand phone. He wasn't going to leave that in the car, right? He had it with him because he was leaving Seagate. So he had that on top of the garbage truck. His thousand phone. He took his talus and he wrapped it around himself like a coat. To, to, and he stood up there for five and a half hours. He, they couldn't get him down. As you can imagine... A guy wrapped, I said, if I would have been there, I would have had a whole speech. Mashiach in a talus on top of a garbage truck. Can you imagine such a picture? I said, you guys take a picture. I think they did. I think they have some pictures of it. On top of a garbage truck, wrapped in a talus. That's, that's a yeed. If I'm going down, I'm taking my talus and chilling. I'm getting out of here. Because that's, that's what he took. He didn't take anything else. He had everything in the car. He took his talus and chilling. And on top of a garbage truck. And that's where he was the whole night. The whole storm, that whole night. Top of a garbage truck wrapped in a towel. It's been a scary thing. Imagine you look out your window in the dark, you see a guy in a towel <laughs> in the wind blowing. I was like, that would have been, I would have been, I would have been creeped out. I was in Mashiach season. He didn't come on a donkey, he came on a garbage truck. Listen, so, you know, depends on what measures. It, it, it was amazing. And the, and the Jewish spirit is, is something like, you know, to answer this girl's letter and everything else, why, what, where, we have to say what we learned. At the end of the day, it's not why it happened. It's what did you do with what happened? I always say that. What did you do with it? What are you doing with it? You're just walking away from it? Well, you're learning. You can learn such a great lesson. So, Kishbok should bench us. The Bezrat Hashem, our roots should be deep and many. No matter what comes along, we should always, Klaishol should always have Paris. We should always bring Paris to the world. And amidst Hashem, we should be Zaycha to be in the base of Middash from Harry Amen. I hope it didn't. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.